I was reading about a man who's, who's truly a remarkable man. Um, his name was Carlo Kenny. He signed up to work with a mining company in Sardinia, Italy in 1980. He retired after 35 years in 2006 and received his pension and lives there in Italy to this day. He's a remarkable man, not because he worked as a miner or because he put in 35 years or he was able to retire with his full pension. He's a remarkable man because for that entire time, he hardly did any work at all. That's true. He said so. In a 2014 article, he bragged about it. It was a newspaper article. The reporter asked him, and he told him, he said, when I went down into the mine the very first time, I knew this was not for me. Cole and I did not get along. So he didn't want to go down. He said, I was claustrophobic. It made me uncomfortable. So, so I started making excuses to avoid work. He said it was all made up, all of it. At one time, he, he feigned amnesia to get out of work. Another time, <laughs> hemorrhoids. You can't make this up. You can't make this up. He would sometimes stagger around as if he were drunk. And he said, truthfully, sometimes I was drunk. One time, he banged his hand up against a wall, sort of jammed his thumb and caused it to swell because after all, you can't go work in the mines with a swollen thumb. He had doctors that cooperated with him, giving him excuses to not go into work. When the company, when the company was in financial straits, business was down, the economy wasn't good, by Italian law, you can't just lay people off. What you would do is you, you let them stay home and you pay them a reduced salary and reduced benefits. So when that happened to his company, he was the first in line to volunteer. I'll just stay home. I'll just stay home. He'd stay home and listen to jazz. He loved jazz music. In fact, I'm telling you, you can't make this up. So he would sometimes go to music festivals and play jazz there. His stage name was Charlie Dog, which is a very loose translation of his name in, in Latin, Carlo Cani. So here's this man who for 35 years, he said he barely worked, but he gets a pension because he had stayed employed the entire time. He never missed work without having a doctor's excuse. He was the prototypical sluggard. Now, he might have thought he got away with it. I mean, after all, 35 years, then you get your pension. I hardly work at all. It seems like you get away with it. Well, you know, he boasted to a reporter about what he did. He is now mud to everybody there in, in Sardinia. Nobody Nobody wants anything to do with him. They're furious with him. He had to stop answering the telephone because people would call and, and, and you know, just chew him out. They were so angry. And though I don't know anything else about his life, the articles I consulted didn't say anything about his larger life. I suspect it's fairly predictable that he had lots of people very, very frustrated with him. Proverbs actually says that uh, sluggards do frustrate people around them. 
The sluggard is like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes of those around them. They are so frustrating. Carlo Kenny, one of the great sluggards of our time. <laughs> I want to talk about sluggards this morning, continuing the series, Wise and Otherwise. And the book of Proverbs, when it describes various characters includes the sluggard. We've talked about the simpleton. We've talked about the fool. This morning, the sluggard. And as I said about the previous two, there's a little of this in all of us. Let's face it. There's a little of the sluggard in us all. How many times did you hit the snooze button before coming to church this morning? (laughs) But of course, I'm not talking about just the the laziness that comes on us after a long day or something like that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the person who shirks responsibility. What does Proverbs say about this person, the sluggard? Well, one thing you keep seeing repeated again and again is the sluggard likes to sleep. They're half alive, or perhaps I should say half awake, They they live in an almost drowsy state. In fact, there's an interesting verse, 2614, that says, As a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. I mean, he's laying, the alarm goes off, hits the snooze button, rolls over. Eight minutes later, it goes off again. He rolls back. Hits the snooze button again, back and forth, back and forth, like a hinge, a a door on a hinge, rolling back and forth in bed, not wanting to get up. The sluggard lives that kind of passive, drowsy life. Now, of course, people will say things to you when you're lazy in that way. They'll, they'll admonish you. They'll tell you you need to get to work. Get out of bed. Get to work. Do, do what you're supposed to be doing. But the sluggard doesn't do it because the sluggard always has an excuse. Always. No matter how ridiculous, it's good enough for him. Listen to this verse, 23, or rather 2613. A sluggard said, There's a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming the streets. Oh my goodness, I'm going to be killed. If I get out of bed and go to work, I'm going to be killed on the way. Absurd excuses, but the sluggard is so good at those and so good at putting things off as well. That's one of the characteristics. You see, the lazy person is always looking for the easy way, the soft way, and they don't act at the appropriate time because, well, that would take too much out of them. Once again, chapter 20, verse 4, sluggards do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look but find nothing. It's an interesting verse. In Hebrew, plowing in season is literally plowing in late fall. That was the time that you would actually plow your fields because it was wet and you could, you could dig into that rocky soil of Palestine. So at that time of year in late fall, it's cold, it's wet, plowing fields, that's hard work. Who wants to go do it then? There's got to be a better time when it's, it's not so miserable outside. So the slugger doesn't plow in season, 
when you need to plow, instead, you know, waiting for a better time. So maybe, maybe the weather gets better and he goes out and he throws some seed and he thinks, well, that'll be good enough. And then harvest time comes and he goes to look for a harvest and there is none. He expects something, but you know what? He just had to put it off. He just wasn't ready. He just wasn't ready. I mean, there were three seasons of the office he hadn't yet seen. He needed to watch each episode. Oh, he can't do... Th- there's this, there's these, these TikTok videos. They've just got... He can't let them go. And so he puts it off. He puts it off. Now, now when he finally summons the energy to act, oh, he's, he's resolved. He's going to... He's going to behave in a new way. He's going to act. He's going to work. It doesn't last. It doesn't last. He starts, but then the energy dissipates. It gives out, and he quits, even when it's in his best interest to continue on. Here we have 2615. A sluggard buries his hand in the dish He is too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. Get that picture. So lazy. I'm hungry. I want something to eat. And he reaches and gets his spoon in that casserole. But then it's so much work to bring it back all the way to my mouth. I can't get it there. I'm too tired. And so that's how the sluggard lives. These great resolves, going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to really work. But it only lasts for a short time before they give out. And as a result, for the sluggard, life life is so disappointing and so frustrating because they have so many things they want, so many things they need, and and yet they refuse to work for them. Here's what it says in 21, 25 through 26. The craving of a sluggard will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. All day long he craves for more, but the righteous give without sparing. The righteous can give because the righteous have earned something. They have extra to give, but the sluggard, no. The sluggard just wants and wants and wants. They have so many needs, so many desires, but they won't do anything to get it. What they want is for you to do something, to get it for them. Because the sluggard is always mooching off other people, always depending on other people. Life is just so unfair and so frustrating, and they get so depressed because it doesn't turn out the way they think it ought to turn out. It's like where it says elsewhere in Proverbs that the diligent, they will rule, but the sluggard, the sluggard will be cast into forced labor. In other words, you know, the diligent actually make progress in life, but the lazy person, it doesn't work out for them at all. In fact, for them, life is really, really hard. Everywhere they turn, it's hard. Fifteen, nineteen. the way of the sluggard is blocked with thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. It's blocked with thorns. Where, whatever path they take, it's painful and difficult. That letter comes from the IRS. 
there's a penalty because he hasn't paid his taxes on time. Well, why didn't he pay his taxes on time? Well, you know, I just, I didn't feel like it. I was kind of busy. I, I just, I, it's so much work. They shouldn't make me. I shouldn't have to do all this work. That government shouldn't make it so hard. So they get a letter from the IRS. You haven't paid your taxes. Here's the penalty. He's thinking, oh, no, what am I going to do? I can't afford this penalty. I just took out a third credit card a week ago. How can I possibly pay this off? And then worse, right then, the air conditioner goes out. Oh, why does this always happen to me? I mean, it always happens to me. It doesn't happen to other people. It happens to me. Now, it might have something to do with the fact you haven't changed your air filter in a year and a half because changing an air filter for your air conditioner is so much work. You see, everywhere, everywhere the sluggard turns, life is hard and it's painful. You're in a jam. How are you going to pay your bills? You, you turn to a family member. Would you please loan me some money? But they're tired of loaning you money. Why don't you get a job? Well, I had a job, but, but you know, they expect me to show up on time every day. I mean, sluggards live a really tough life. Now, all of this, in a way, is funny. And if you read Proverbs, there's a lot of comedy swirling around the description of the sluggard. But there's tragedy also because what you have is a wasted life. Now, I want you to think back early in the Bible. We are created, it says, in the image of God. Now, you can almost understand, to get the sense, the theological sense of that term, you can almost understand image as a verb instead of a noun. We are created to image God. We are God's representative in this world. So we are given dominion over the earth. Now, that's not for us to control, according to some dictate that we have, but we are God's vice regents. Under God, we are stewards in this world. And we have a task to do. It's pictured also as God establishing a garden and then calling Adam to till and keep that garden. You have to take care of a garden, right? If you don't take care of a garden, what happens to it? Turns to weeds, gets overgrown. So God says to Adam, you need to till and keep it. That's his responsibility. That's part of him imaging God He does in this world what God has created him to do as God's representative. And that's true of every single one of us. We have been created with potential and purpose. And God God would have us live up to that potential and purpose. We find dignity in that. You cannot find dignity and self-esteem by telling yourself how wonderful you are. You will find dignity and self-esteem as you do what God has designed you to do, to fulfill what God has designed you to fulfill. But here's the sin of the sluggard. The sluggard puts all that aside and does not take responsibility, a responsibility given by God, does not seek to image God as one who is God's vice regent. Who cares about God? I'm sleepy. I'm tired. I have desires and needs, and nobody cares about them. 
The sluggard, the sluggard's not thinking about fulfilling responsibility. The sluggard is all about himself or herself, self-centered, self-centered. So what happens is the garden turns to weeds or to switch the image that's used in Proverbs, the vineyard falls apart. Let me read to you what it says in 24, starting in verse 30. I went past the field of a sluggard, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruin. I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. Here it is. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Do you see that? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. The slugger doesn't say, I don't care what God designed me for. I'm going to do my own thing. That's not, it's not that way. It's, it's just a little excuse today and a little postponement tomorrow. Just a little, a little, a little. And then the days turns in, turn into weeks and weeks, months and months, years. And then you look back and it's a squalid vineyard. I mean, here, God gives us all, in a sense, a vineyard. We all have a vineyard. We're born with gifts and abilities. We're born in a set of relationships with opportunities. We're all different. We're all different. Some seem to have greater opportunities than others, but God in his will and providence has placed us in this earth and he's given us our vineyard, but the slugger doesn't take care of the vineyard. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and it just goes into ruin. And that's what happens to a lot of people's lives. Just ruin just ruin, just failure. Then they rage at other people as if it's their fault. But it's not. It's not. So it's this kind of entropy. You know, the thing about entropy is it's not anything. (laughs) It's just things going into disorder. And that's what happens in the sluggard's life. We're called to be stewards, but instead we're just focused on our own comfort and ease. And because of that, life falls apart. In this passage, it speaks of poverty. You know, by, by, by this love of ease, poverty comes upon you. Um, the slugger and poverty appear again and again in the book of Proverbs. But here's what's interesting. The sluggard is never uh, classified among the poor. See, in the Old Testament, it often refers to the poor. Those are the people who go without because of oppression, because of misfortune. Those are the people who, in their great need, will call out to God. They're the humble in the land. They are the poor. They are God's people. The sluggard's never called the poor, and people are never called to provide for the sluggards, never called to give to them, never called to take care of them. Isn't that interesting? 
because they are not the victims of anyone, no matter what they think. They're the victims of their own laziness. Ultimately, what we're talking about here, and this is why it's a very serious thing. We laugh, but it's really a very serious thing. As I said, the sluggard is self-absorbed and has no love. Not love for God. If you love God, you serve him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Not love for your neighbor, because if you love your neighbor, you love them as yourself. The sluggard doesn't love others as himself. The sluggard loves himself and doesn't care that his laziness puts you out or makes things harder for you and doesn't see any of your needs as a call to serve because ultimately you don't really matter. All that matters is, you know, I just, I just don't feel like it. I was doing an internet search and I came across something interesting. <laughs> there was a comedian in New York. There was some kind of contest. I, I, I just saw it in glancing. I didn't, I don't have all the details exactly right, I'm sure. But there was a comedian who was in some kind of contest earlier in the 2000s. And, and he designed an app. And this app would automatically fill up your calendar with events listed in Google events from your area. And the reason for it, he said, was when somebody wants you to help them move or something like that, and you really don't want to, you just click your app and it'll fill your calendar up and you say, sorry, can't help. That's the sluggard. That's the sluggard. Now, the thing that the person in this state struggles with and has to deal with is that How if you are self-absorbed and lazy, are you ever going to rise up out of that state? See, that's the problem. It's, It's the old classic problem with one of the seven deadly sins, sloth. Sloth is essentially... Um, begrudging the effort it takes to seek God. That's theologically what sloth amounts to. And so with the sluggard or the slothful person, how do you, how do you get the energy? It just isn't in your heart. You just don't want to. You just don't care. Well, I think, I think it comes down to this. You look at the shabby life you're living and all the problems in your relationships and all the disappointments and all the failures that go back to the unwillingness to work and be responsible, you look, you look at all of that and you realize something has to change and you turn to God and you ask him to have grace and this is where that Christian doctrine that some people, they have a hard time thinking it's really important and relevant, but here we see it is, that you must be born again. Jesus says you must be born of the Spirit. That's where God comes and gives you a new heart. And then responding to God's grace, you take up your cross and follow. What did Jesus say? You have to say no to yourself and take up the cross and follow. It's not easy, but it's what we're called to do. And as Christians, we're called to do it. It says in another place in Proverbs that the sluggard is kin to the destroyer or the thief, rather. So, actually, I can't remember which it is. I think it's the destroyer. That is, the sluggard 
actually tears things down by not building them up. Think about this in terms of the kingdom of God, okay? That that we are called as Christians to follow Christ and to serve him and to serve his purposes in this world. Folks, let's be honest. We got too many lazy Christians in the church. Now, you understand, I hope everyone understands, I'm not talking about salvation by becoming workaholics. But it's one thing to rest after a job well done. It's another thing to rest because you don't want to do the job, right? And so God calls us to be his vice regents in the world. God, help us to do that. God, help us to be faithful to him. That is the way of wisdom. And that's the path that allows us to be generous, to be gracious, to be helpful. It's a way where we can go through life and know that the blessing of God is upon us. Amen? (laughs) That wasn't very enthusiastic. Come on, come on. Amen? Amen. All right, I have to beg for it, but I got it. I got it. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, you have held nothing back from us, and we are so very grateful for that. And we pray, Father, that you would forgive us for holding back as we sometimes do. So we make excuses for ourselves, Lord. But we know that you have called us to be responsible followers of Jesus Christ that we have the responsibility to take care of our needs and the needs of others. Lord, that you have called us to care for others and and love demands more than, than laziness. It demands work. And Lord, may you move on us by your spirit to be up and doing, to be following Christ, to serving not ourselves, but our God. We pray that you would work that in us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.